What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Connection College Podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Will. College night was a blast. We talked about having faith in the middle of the storm and trusting God through all circumstances. So y'all check out JC's latest message from college night. Amen. You can be seated. Man, it sounds good tonight. It's a good promise that we have. Hey guys, my name is JC, and uh, I'm the college pastor here at Connection Church. Man, if you are first time with us, we're excited uh, that you're here tonight. And I know there's a lot of first timers because this room just keeps filling up every week. Here in a couple weeks, we're going to be packing out this whole room. That's going to be awesome. I love that you're here because there's a lot of places you could be tonight, but you are here at church at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. Man, that blows my mind that any of you are here. And so I'm glad that you have chosen to be here. And uh, I want to encourage you to keep coming back. And uh, it's just going to get gooder and gooder. That's stupid. Um, But I'm glad you're here. It's good that you're here. If you have a Bible, you can open up to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and we're kind of wrapping up this little three-week mini-series that we've been in. Uh, No title, but we've been looking at some guys in Scripture and, and some folks that just had a God encounter in the middle of a horrible situation. I think what Rachel was just talking about, we all feel. It doesn't matter how old you are in this room. It doesn't uh, doesn't matter what your background looks like or where you're at in life. There's moments where we all feel alone. There are moments where we have just these, these times where we're like, hey, God, are you even real? Are you around? Do you even care? Do you know what I'm going through? I know I, I go through that a lot. In life, there are moments, even as a pastor for the last 18 years, I look back and there's times where I'm like, hey God, what's going on? Where are you at? Uh, do, do you really care about the circumstance that I'm in? But the truth that we just sang in that song, another in the fire, no matter what we go through, he's promised to be there with us. And what we've wanted to bring to light over these last few weeks is looking at some folks that were in horrible situations, but even in the middle of those situations, God was there very present with them. Paul and Silas, week one, man, they were in prison, beaten. They were in a horrible situation, but their praise changed the atmosphere. God showed up, sent an earthquake, and set them free because he had a job for them to do. And that was to reach the city that he called them there, but they faced some incredible opposition when they got there. But God set them free and set them on a course to continue to point people to him. Last week, we looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three dudes who said, we're not gonna bow, we're gonna stand. They were thrown into a fire, but their faith said, even if we're thrown into the fire, we're still not gonna bow. And God showed up literally in the fire with them. That's huge. This week, what we're gonna talk about is what it means to have faith in the middle, to have faith in the middle. So this past week, I've, I've been in Vegas all week long. I feel like I need a shower. That place makes you just feel like you got something itchy. Um, it's an awkward place to go. But I've been in Vegas all week at this conference. Um, I got a podcast called The Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We started last January and just like, Last week, we just passed over a million downloads. It's crazy how this thing has just taken off. But we were in Vegas this past week with a room about this size full of guys who have felt very alone. I've spent the last five days talking to uh, young men and young women who have been in the ministry. Some have been in ministry for a long time. Some are brand new in it. Some are college students that are like, hey, I feel like God's calling me to go into the ministry, but I just feel so alone. Like my life just feels like I'm stuck in this place where I don't know if I'm ever going to get out. 
And I've one person after another just walking up and talking, and they're like, but to see a room full of people that are just like me, that feel like we're in this middle area, and it just kind of sucks right now because we're wondering what's gonna happen. Here's what we have to understand about our faith. At the beginning, it's easy to have faith. We're fired up. Now, we wanna tell anybody and everybody we can about our newfound faith. We'll stand on the chair at the lunchroom and be like, hey, I wanna tell you about Jesus Christ. Like, you don't care. Who knows that you're a follower of Jesus? Life starts hitting. Things start happening. That newness wears off. We find that in, in a lot of things, right? There's a lot of times where we feel stuck in the middle. Relationships. You, you start dating, man, you're putting on your best, you're smelling good, you're looking good, you, you're caring about what you wear, like you ain't gonna show up in pajamas to a date, you're actually gonna look good. Give it a few months though and you fart in front of them for the first time, you're like, yep, newness is gone, right? That doesn't happen, right? You're like, all right, here we go, right? The newness is worn off and then you just kind of get in this place where it's just like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? Why, why are we even in a relationship, what, what does this look like? It, there could be a lot of times where we start off really good, but then we get in the middle of something and we lose the focus, we lose the desire to keep pressing on. And that's what I wanna talk about tonight because what we're gonna look at is some guys that were literally with Jesus. It's easy to read about Paul and Silas and hear stories about them and say, okay, we can have faith like that, but they weren't with Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in a fire, but they weren't with Jesus. These 12 disciples, there was 12 dudes that followed Jesus everywhere he went. They literally were with him all the time for three years. And they encountered something that was very incredible. They hit a middle point in their life. One of the most frustrating times in our lives is when we are ready to move forward but there's something that's keeping us from moving forward. There's something that's keeping us from advancing forward and we just kind of feel stuck. Like I hate traffic. I was trying to leave Atlanta. I landed in Atlanta four hours ago and I was like, all right, I gotta get back to Statesboro so I could be here tonight, but traffic. We hit a wreck about Macon. And there's always that person that gets on the shoulder and thinks they're better than everybody and just can ride up to the next exit. You're like, man, I hope there's a cop. Boom, they got busted, right? There's a dude doing this. And I lay on my horn and he sticks out his middle finger and my son is in the back and he's like, what's that, dad? I was like, it's spirit fingers. He's just waving. That's all he's doing. He's like, spirit fingers. Wow, did that. We're good. Um, And he's like, oh, cool. Can I give people spirit fingers? Like, no, please, please don't give anybody spirit fingers. But then I was thinking as we are, you know, in line, there's, there's times where in, as we're in Vegas this past week and we're waiting to get food or we're waiting to do something, you gotta stand six feet behind everybody. Starbucks line was like 47 people long. And there's this couple literally having a fight in front of us. And I'm like, this is good. I'm just enjoying this. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody's high because weed's legal in Vegas and I've got a contact high. And I'm like, I don't care if I get my food. This is good. Anyhow, and we're standing in line and the line in front of them moves up and I'm six feet behind them and the line keeps moving up and they're fighting. And I went, hey, can y'all move forward? Spirit fingers. You know, I was like, can you, can you just go on? There's a frustrating point when there's something that's keeping you from moving forward. And I think a lot of times what happens to us is we can see the light, we see what God is calling to, calling us to, 
but there's something that's blocking us and we just feel stuck. We're not where we wanna be. We're not where we've been, but we just kind of feel stuck in the middle. And I think the challenge is not God make this thing go away, but it's give me faith in the middle. Some of you may have walked in here tonight and you feel like you're in the middle of a situation. You're in the middle of a circumstance. You are right there. This is for you. Maybe you don't feel like you're stuck in a middle point. Hey, we're gonna get to that point at some point in our life. And so this is to help you because I want us to see, to have faith that says, even if life is challenging and scary and awkward, I'm still going to have faith because you're, if you're ever gonna get to a place where God wants you, you've gotta come to the place where you have faith in the middle. And so in scripture, Jesus, who's the best storyteller, the best teacher, the best preacher, he's doing his favorite form of teaching, and that is storytelling. He tells us about two men, a wise man and a foolish man. Both of these guys wanna build a house. Now, when Jesus talks about building a house, he's not just talking about brick and mortar. He's talking about a ministry, a, a relationship, a um, education. Like He's like, it's something that you dream to have. So don't just think that Jesus is talking about brick and mortar and they wanna build a house. He's like, it's something you start. None of you started school hoping that you drop out by your junior year. You wanna finish. None of you start a relationship and you're like, yeah, this may last about a month and we're gonna do this out. No, you want to see it continue on. Nobody starts something knowing that it's going to end. You want to complete it. You want it to see it through. He's saying, I want you to build a house. So he's talking to folks. It's a parable. It's a story. He's saying there was a wise man and a foolish man who both had a desire to build a house. One built on the sand. It was a shifty foundation. One built on a solid foundation on the rock. He said the one that built on the sand was a foolish man. The word foolish in the modern language really comes from the word moronic. So this dude was moronic. He's building on something that's quick and easy. The wise man was not wise because he could pontificate on esoteric ethereas to the point you have no clue what he's talking about. No, he's wise because he listened and he built his house on a solid foundation. Both dudes were subject to the same storm. Both guys had the rains come, the winds blow, the winds beat upon their house, the floodwaters rise. One house fell and great was the fall of it, is what Jesus says. The other stood and withstood the storm. You see, both were subject to the same storm, but one listened and applied. The other did what was quick. He tells us in life that we need to be like the wise man because storms are going to happen. The whole point of college nights is to give you a foundation that you can build your life on. A foundation so when the storm comes, because it's going to come, folks, there's gonna be some hard stuff that hits. We wanna give you a foundation that is solid and secure, that is built on Jesus, so you can withstand the storms. So when the storms come, you can have a faith that says, hey, no matter what, I know who is with me and I'm going to endure past this. We wanna help you prepare so when the storm hits, you're good. Look at what happens in Mark chapter four. Verse 35 is where we'll pick up. 
Jesus had just been teaching. He's doing these parables. He's in there teaching. And then he gets in the boat with the disciples. He says, I'm tired. Let's jump into the boat. Mark chapter four, verse 35, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. There were some little boats that followed. Verse 37 says, but a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. I love verse 38. Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat with his head on a pillow or a cushion. The disciples woke him up and shouted, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other, that even the winds and the waves obey him? You've got 12 guys in these disciples. These guys have followed Jesus. These guys have seen what Jesus could do. They've watched him do miracles. They've seen him teach. He just turned five loaves of bread and fish and just fed massive amounts of folks. They've seen what he could do. But here they are in a boat and a big old storm rises up out of nowhere. You gotta understand some of these guys that followed Jesus were seasoned fishermen. They have faced some storms before. But it tells us that they were afraid and thought they were about to die. So let's paint the picture. Y'all with me? We're at a nice day. They get on the boat. The sky is blue. The water is nice and rippling. Dolphins ah, jumping out of the water, right? You got old people walking on the beach hand in hand. Homeboy's in a Speedo because he's old. And they're walking. It's just a nice day. They get into the middle of the water and where this body of water is, the cool air coming, or the warm air coming off the water meets the cool air coming off the mountain and it creates hurricane-like storms. It still happens to this very day. They get into the middle of this big body of water and a storm comes that they think is the end all, be all. They're in a boat lightning flashing, thunder rolling, waves are beating into the boat, flippers on deck now, like it is a bad time. This is a storm that is gonna end us all. Where's Jesus? Oh, Jesus is in the bottom part of the boat, asleep on a pillow. The Bible says they go to him and they wake him up. Can you imagine waking up Jesus? How do you wake up Jesus? What do you, he's down there. He's on a waterbed because the boat's filling up with water. Stupid. He's on a boat. He's asleep. Like, that's Jesus. What do you say? Do you sing to him, Haley? Do you say, Jesus, Jesus? Like, what do you, y'all, we're gonna die! And I love what Jesus does. I wish the Bible would like tell us in color. It says he sits up, he looks at him, and he rebukes the winds. He's like, undertaker, right? He just sits up. He goes over and I love what he does. The waves are beating into the boat. Thunder is rolling. Lightning is crashing. Flippers on freaking deck. And Jesus says, peace be still. The Bible says there's a great call. I think he just holds that for a minute and gives a dramatic effect. He's like, that was good. It's nice and calm now. Water as smooth as glass. 
clouds go away, sun comes out, flipper, ah, back in the water. Old people start walking on the beach hand in hand. It's a nice day. Jesus turns and looks at the disciples. And what does the Bible tell us? He says, why are you so afraid? How is it you have no faith? And I could just see the disciples standing there. Their hair is matted up against their head. Those man dresses they wore like all wet and matted to them. And they're just standing there like a pitiful mess. I think of Peter as like a big burly. Jake reminds me of what Peter, I think, would look like. Like when I read the Bible, I'm like, that's Jake. Tom's like, he's right here, got a dip in his mouth. Like, that's Peter, right? It's Jake. You dip? Cute. Um, so I just think big burly man looks like Thor. Like, that's what I think of Peter as. When I read the Bible, just know, Jake, your face is what I see. Is that cool? It's weird. Um, so I see Peter, and he's like, um, well, you know, Jesus, like, man. <laughs> It's getting bad in here, bro. You were sleeping. Storms, it got scary up here, man. Flipper was on deck. We thought we were gonna die. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, hey, why do you have no faith? Do you realize he was in the bottom part of the boat asleep on a pillow? That was planned sleep. That wasn't just nodding off. He planned to go to sleep. He put his head on a pillow. He said, I'm gonna hibernate. I'm gonna leave this world metaphysically speaking. I'm going to sleep. And they go to him and they wake him up. Did you notice what Jesus said in scripture? He doesn't say, storm, be still. What does he say? Peace, be still. What seemed to be a storm to the disciples was just peace in motion. They let their current circumstance cloud their view of what Jesus said. And what did Jesus say? Let's go to the other side. But in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the circumstance, in the middle of a horrible situation, they forgot that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And they let the storm, what was just peace in motion, cloud their view. When Jesus got a nap and laid on a pillow, they should have laid down on the pillow with him. Why? Because he was in control of that storm. He spoke and the winds and the waves obeyed him. But their faith in that moment wasn't very strong. I read this story and I think of a couple things. If you're writing this down, you can do this. One, it matters who's in your boat. It matters who's in your boat because in the middle of a storm, people don't have faith because the wrong people might be on their boat. These 12 guys are with them. Man, they could have just said, hey, remember that Jesus said, let's go to the other side? Don't you remember what we've seen him do? Why are we freaking out right now? The literal storm took their eyes off of what Jesus said, and that was, let's go to the other side. Man, I think about this in my life, and it matters who's on our boat. It matters who is speaking into your life because they're either pushing you or pulling you away from the purpose that God has for your life. It matters who's in your boat because just like we looked at last week, you become like the people that are in your boat. The reason you don't make it to the other side is because you got a bunch of idiots in your boat. 
The reason you get stuck in the middle at times is because you got the wrong people on your boat. Maybe it's because you picked the wrong people to be in your boat and you look at it and your faith isn't strong because you're surrounded by folks that aren't helping you. They're pushing and pulling you away from the purpose. I believe that God is calling us to the other side. So I don't wanna risk, but I wanna make sure I got the right people in my boat. Man, I remember being in college. I remember sitting there and saying, I know God, God has a calling on my life. I don't know what that is. But God, I wanna make sure that I put the right people in my boat, the people in my life, the people that are speaking into me because they can either push me or pull me away from your purpose and I wanna make sure that I've got the right voices speaking into my life. And maybe what we need to do is just do a evaluation of who's in our boat. The second thing I look at is we gotta make sure you've got the right person in your boat. Catch this. This means you can be around the work of God, but never get with God. You can be around God's stuff, but never get with God. You can have the right people in your boat, but if Jesus isn't in your boat, it's gonna be tough to get to the other side. Some of us, we treat church, we treat college nights, we treat whatever this faith thing is, kind of like a campfire. We get as close as we can to the fire to feel the heat. We can see it, it glows on our face, but that's about it. When we walk away from it, you stop feeling the heat. You can still see it, but you don't feel the heat. I think back to our first night that we had here at Connection College out at the fire pit. Man, we had a massive fire. Folks were standing back because the heat was radiating. It lit up the whole area, but you had to get to a certain proximity to feel the heat on your skin. A lot of us come to church and we feel the heat. But my fear is the scariest place to be as a follower is to think that you're on fire for God, but come to find out you're just sensing the heat from everyone else that is around you. And there's nothing really that God is doing with you and for you because you don't have the right person on your boat. Church is not just a feel good, it's a knowing that God is with me. It's a knowing that I don't just have to feel it from everybody else, I can experience peace. I can experience this joy. I can experience this knowing that he is with me in the middle of the storm. So a few years ago, I was a, before we moved here to Statesboro, I was a pastor. Uh, I started a church eight years ago in Ringgold, Georgia. And um, we went to the country of Moldova. We had a sister church in the country of Moldova. It's in between Ukraine and Romania. It's the poorest country in Europe. We went there for a week and we start uh, doing our stuff and, and uh, we get on the plane. We fly from Moldova to Germany and we land in Frankfurt, Germany. And we had two other teams that were out. One team was in Italy. The other team was in uh, Ethiopia. And we're in the, Germany and we're going through customs. And as we're getting ready to go to our gate, we see our other team, the Ethiopia team, meeting us. And we were like, hey, what's up, man? We had been flying for days. They had been flying for 21 hours at that point. We had another like 12, 13 hour flight from Germany back home. We had been on the plane for a good eight hours. We land and we're all just struggling and like trying to stay awake because it's middle of the night and time changing layovers and all this stuff. 
And there's one girl that was on the plane with us. And she was having some major anxiety. She was having some major, like, I don't wanna get on this plane. And we're like, you have to get on this plane to get from Germany to home. The flight from Ethiopia to Germany was rough. And she's like, my anxiety is through the roof right now. And then she comes walking up to me and she's shaking. She goes, can I be honest? I really don't wanna fly from Germany back home, but I have to. I said, you're gonna be all right. She said, okay, I, I, I think the right people on this boat is gonna help me, but or on this plane is gonna help me, but let's just, are you on this flight? I was like, I really don't know. We gotta get through customs. We gotta get through security. So we get on the plane. We sit down. We're in the front of the plane. They tend to sit towards the back. Sure enough, we're on the same flight from Germany to Atlanta. She comes running up, stressing out, walking the aisle. I see her go up one side. She turns and she comes back down and then she locks eyes with me. And she went, oh my goodness, you're on my flight. I was like, here I am. Go sit down. You're freaking everybody out. And she locks eyes with me. She said, man, I, I know it doesn't mean much, but just the fact of knowing that you're on my flight, it really helps me out. She said, just to know that you're sitting on the same plane and when we hit this turbulence, I stress out when I fly and it just gives me a little bit of peace to know, JC, that you're here. And so I just wanted to say thanks for being on my flight. I was like, you're good, you're good. Go, go drink something, go to sleep and you'll be all right. And she lays down and she didn't have any more worry in that moment. I thought that was crazy. Why just the presence of another person that she knows other than her team? She wrote me a few months ago. She says, you remember when we were on that flight from Germany to America? I said, I do. She said, man, you really helped me out. She said, you spoke. I've listened to you teach. I've listened to you preach. You've counseled. We've talked. She said, but it was in that moment where just your presence really helped me. I didn't do anything. I was just there. She said, but having the right people around me really helped me out. It's like, good, I'm glad I could help. In that moment, I realized, man, sometimes what our friends need is not really just for us to sing, I can only imagine in Spanish to them and give them a Christian shoulder rub. They just need us to be there and to know that we care and to know that we're in this because we got the right people on our boat we also have the right person who can help bring peace in that moment because it's amazing how much peace I was able to help her just by being there. But imagine the storms of life when Jesus is in your boat. He's gonna help you get to the other side. In the storms, they're freaking out. Jesus is asleep. Maybe you're like, that's how I feel tonight, JC. Man, I feel like he's just asleep. He doesn't know me. He doesn't care about me. I've got a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stuff going on. Can I tell you this? You're in a room full of a lot of folks who know exactly what you're going through. I'm sure there's somebody in here that is experiencing the exact same thing you are. And we say we wanna be a home away from home. We want you to feel at home here and know that we have folks that you can talk to. We got folks that you can share that stuff with because in the middle of it, it's important to know who's in our boat but we're always gonna point you to the one who can help get you to the other side. Because he's with you in the fire, he's with you in the rain, he's with you in the good and the bad, he's with you in all hell seems to be coming at you. And that's what we want you to know. 
Because I think what happens is when we start freaking out, we start saying some dumb stuff. They woke Jesus up and said, don't you care that we're about to die? Jesus said, I'm gonna give you peace in this moment. How many times do we just need him to speak peace? To just give us smooth selling. To just help us know that we're there. Maybe for you, peace looks like knowing that there's somebody that is going through the same stuff you're going through. Somebody you're able to talk to. Maybe peace is in the middle of a situation. You have faith in that trial, in that middle part, that God is with you, that God's gonna get you through. Could it be tonight that you need Jesus to speak peace into your storm so that everything could just come to a dead calm because, man, it is raging around you? I have learned in my 38 years on this earth that he tends to settle his people in the storm. He's not necessarily going to remove the situation, but he's gonna show up in the situation. And I love this because a few chapters later, the disciples are in the boat again, a storm rages. Jesus isn't in the boat with them this time. He's walking on the water. They think it's a freaking ghost. They're like, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? And at the end of this passage, when Jesus is in the boat, they say, who is this that even the winds and waves obey him? Fast forward to the next storm that they're in. They remembered what he could do in the middle of the storm. Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the water to Jesus. Jesus gets back in the boat with him after the storm is gone. And they say, you are the one who can calm the storm. You are in charge of the storm. It went from a who are you to a you are. Because in the middle, they had the right person in their boat. They had to go through the storm and the circumstance. But in the next trial, in the next storm, the right people were on the boat. Peter jumped out of the boat in the storm to go to Jesus, and he got in there with them. Look, he never said following him was gonna be easy. You may have to go through that trial, but it's through the storm and through the trial that our weakness is made strong. They were scared in the storm, but they were terrified in the calm because he is in control. Look, I love the words of this song. We can't go back to the beginning. We can't control what tomorrow will bring, but here in the middle is a place that he promises to be. And here's a promise for you tonight. Not for one minute, one second, have you ever been forsaken? He is always at work and he knows you. He knows the doubts that you got going on right now in your mind. He knows the questions. He has the answers for those questions. He knows the struggles. He knows what your middle looks like right now. He knows what's going on at home that has you stressed out. He knows what's going on here, maybe because of a decision you've made or a decision that's been made that's affecting you. He gets it. The Bible says we don't have a high priest that's not felt with the infirmities of what we go through. Man, he feels our pain. And it's not, God, take all this crap away from me so that I can just live freely. He's saying, hey, just know if it weren't for the storms, you couldn't sing that I'm good in the middle of the storm. 
So I'm gonna be there with you. I feel tonight, as somebody's walked into this room and you might be ready to just throw in the towel and quit. You might just be at the end of your time and you're contemplating even if you need to be breathing anymore. And I don't know who you are and this may not be for anybody, maybe for somebody that's listening to the podcast, but you're ready to quit. You're ready to throw in the towel and say, God, I'm just done. Life sucks, there's so many decisions, there's so much stuff going on that I don't understand. I'm just stuck in the middle. Can I tell you that tomorrow needs you? Tomorrow needs you. God is not finished with you. You have a purpose and a plan. And he wants to use you in an incredible way. You maybe have some voices that are in your life. You've got some things that are surrounding you that make you think the way you're thinking right now. And I wanna give you some hope. The Bible says that he tells us we can cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. And he knows what you're going through. He said, when you're weak, I am strong. When you're hungry, I'm the bread of life. When you're thirsty, I'm living water. When you need some shelter, I'll be there. He said, I am everything for everybody, every time in every way. And maybe you walked into this room tonight. This might be your last ditch effort. I'm gonna go check this God thing out tonight. Hey, I'm glad you're here, but I want you to hear me well. There is a purpose for your life. There is a plan for your life. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And I'm begging you to help, let us help in this moment to come alongside you and to jump in that boat with you and encourage you and say, hey, you're gonna get to the other side. You know why they had to get to the other side? Because he had a plan. There's a dude running in the hills on the other side of this body of water that had a legion of demons in him. This is one rude, crude dude in the nude running around night and day, cutting himself with rocks and with stones. This guy wanted to end his life over and over and over again, but he couldn't do it. Night and day, this guy is in the tombs crying out. You can read this, just flip the page and read this in Mark. Jesus gets to the shore and he runs up to this guy and the demons, a legion of demons, that's 6,000 plus demons are in this guy. Talk about somebody that's jacked up, man. He makes your problems look like nothing. He runs up and he says, what do you want to do with the son of the most high God? Please don't torment us. Don't send us away. And I love what Jesus does. He casts those demons out of this man. The Bible tells us there's some pigs that were up on the hill feeding. He casts those demons into those pigs. Those pigs jump off a cliff. That's where we get deviled ham from. That's free. And they die. And in this moment, the Bible tells us that he has this man who had a legion of demons clothed and sitting in his right mind. This guy wanted to follow Jesus. Just a few moments before, he had no hope, no reason for living. The emptiness, the darkness, the, the stuff of life was just all on him. But one encounter with the holy God does more for him than a thousand sermons ever will. And you know what Jesus told him to do? He said, go home 
Tell your friends and tell your family what good things I've done for you. Maybe you're sitting in here tonight and you feel like your stuff is about to take you under. You have no hope. There's no reason for living. There is hope. His name is Jesus. And he came to this earth. He knows what you're going through. And he says, hey, I came to show you the very character of God in the flesh. We may read the Bible and be like, this God stuff is way too much for me. The theology and these preachers and all that. Look at Jesus. He loves, he lives, and he came for you. He says, you can choose to follow me. Here's the invitation tonight. It's very easy and very simple. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. I'm not gonna ask you to close your eyes. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. I'm gonna put the decision in your hand because some of you, as I look at your faces, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you tonight. The Holy Spirit is talking to you and you just feel there's something that he's saying to you tonight that you need to take a step, but you don't know what that next step is. Can I tell you what that is? One, maybe your next step tonight is just say yes to Jesus. You say, God, here's the steering wheel of my life. I'm gonna follow you. I wanna be a follower of yours, a Christian, a Christ follower. If that's you tonight, hey, will you find somebody here, Chris or Will, myself, Connor, will be out in the lobby. Say, hey, I said yes to Jesus tonight. Man, we will help you start taking those next steps. Maybe tonight you are the one or two or three. I don't know how many. But you'd say, you know what? I came to this thing ready to throw in the towel, ready to quit. But I found some hope tonight to carry on. I'm gonna ask you to do something that may be scary for you. Would you find one of us after this service and say, hey, you were talking to me. You were talking to me. We don't know what's going on in your life. And I wanna ask you to be bold enough to say, hey, I am struggling. I know it's scary. Trust me, I get that. But the only way we're gonna be able to help you and walk with you is to know that's why we're here, guys. We're not just here to sing some songs and to teach and to fill up a room. But we're here when we say a home away from home. We want you to feel like you can come with all the hurts, the habits, the hangups, the good, the bad, the ugly, and feel at home. I mean that with all my heart. And I want you to know I love you. And I'm so glad that you're here. I know life is tough. But I want to pray over you tonight as we get ready to close out and sing a song that talks about building our life on him. Because I don't want this just to be all doom and gloom and knowing that life sucks, but my gosh, we have a father who knows and cares and is gonna go through this with us. Will you pray with me and then we're gonna sing tonight. Father, I love you. I am so thankful that you are a good father. You know us. You know every single person in this room right now. You know the ones who are doubting if this is real. They're just checking this whole God thing out. Man, I am so glad they're here. Father, I pray you'll just continue to speak to them. God, to my friend in this room who has walked into this place and they are ready to quit. Not just school, not just a relationship, life. 
legitimately life. God, it is so heavy on me tonight that I just pray that somebody finds freedom from that. There is somebody in here that you will speak a peace that passes all understanding. That you will help them realize they don't have to look and talk and walk and know all the right things to say and the, how to sing the song. That You love them exactly how they are with all the junk going on in their life and you have a purpose and a plan for them. God, I pray that you help somebody find that freedom tonight. For the one that's walked in here that's ready to say yes to you, I pray that they give you the steering wheel of their life. I say, God, I'm gonna follow you. That doesn't mean they have to be a preacher or a worship leader. They can continue in the field you've called them to, but they're doing that as a son and a daughter of the Most High God, and that's what you need. God, I thank you for college nights. God, I thank you for bringing us all to this room that we can come in here and sing and hear from your word. God, I pray that it will just continue to grow deeper in community as we put the right people in our boat, the right people in our lives, listening to the right stuff in our lives to help us make it to the other side. Father, I pray for each one of these young people sitting in this room tonight that we will build our life on you. So when, not if, but when the storms come, we're gonna stand. Because our foundation is not a mile wide and an inch deep, but it is deep, it is solid, it is secure because it is built on you, a solid foundation. God, you never fail or falter. You never give up, you never walk out, you never overlook. You are faithful, you are true. That's who we worship. God, I pray you help somebody tonight to carry on as we build our life on you and rest in the fact that you have not forsaken us. Not one minute have we ever been forgotten. I love you, Jesus. You are an incredible, awesome, personal father. And that's what gives me hope to carry on. We worship you now. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. That was a strong word from JC. Uh, we just wanted to let y'all know that if you're wanting to find a home away from home, uh, please contact us. Our Instagram is connection.college. You can always message us, and we would love to get you plugged into a group and just find community here. Yeah, and don't forget, guys, you guys are loved by everyone here on our staff. And uh, don't forget that college night is every Wednesday at 8 p.m. over at Connection Church. We love to see you there. Peace.